So much has happened. Um, I've decided that seasons are going to be 12 episodes long. And so this last season um, took a long time, if you count, that I actually started in 2019. And um, But to record 2 through 11 actually took about a quarter. And these last few months have been devastating and tragic and exciting and so helpful. And really, so much has changed since I started actually recording on a regular basis. I definitely have loved the feedback that I've gotten and definitely send more. Um, But season two, hey, I'm actually really excited about because I've gotten so many ideas of things I want to talk about, things I want to share. Um, people I want to interview because we only had actually one guest this um, season uh, with Lenny Lenore and there were like a couple invitations that I sent out to a sexologist um, to dudes who said some of the craziest things and just really being able to open up and look at how do we see sex love um, orgasms and how do we enjoy them and get more of them? Definitely in doing this podcast, I've asked more people, more questions about sex than I probably have in the last decade, um, which has been great and so amazing. And yeah, thank you for everybody for joining me for season one. Yay. But this episode, we're going to bring it full circle from the very first episode that I created called Burning My Freak Flag and how I saw sex and growing up very um, conservative Christian and just considering <laughs> like that sex wasn't about enjoyment. It was about procreation most of the times and like bringing the couple together. Um, and how much changed even in that first year between episode one and episode two. Um, but since I had started, um, so much has actually shifted for me. Um, so first in that first year, I had this conversation with my poetry mentor and she said to me like, why don't you think that you can't pray for sex, that God won't provide you with sex? And I was looking at her like, what are you talking about, miss? God provides you with spirituality, with strength during hard times, definitely to make marriage happy, but not to get it in. Like, you know, like I realized it had taken me years to get to the idea that God actually like cared about my business and my money. Right. And so for me to start to think that God was interested in giving me pleasure as far as sex was like so foreign to me. Um, this summer I did an artist residency and, um, the guru, the leader of our artist residency, um, had asked as one of the checkouts in one of our sessions, you know, what is it that brings us happiness right now? What's giving us joy? And I was like, sex, man, sex is about pleasure. And it's so amazing. And she was like, Hey, I have a whole section in this residency, in this breakdown of how to like grow and be and self recover 
and I talk about sex, but it's not based in pleasure. It's neutral or it's negative. And the idea that sex is about feeling good and being comfortable and just feeling amazing and being open and vulnerable, connected, you know, exchanging energies, like that wasn't even something she really talked about. And it's so telling because it is something that we don't often see. Um, I had this conversation with my therapist actually just like two weeks ago, um, maybe actually last week, but um, I was talking to her about dude and how sex is more about uh, exchanging energies and more about energy work and more about um, kind of moving and um, releasing blocks. And she was just like, what? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you know, when it comes to dumb work and she was like, what work now? And I'm like, you know, like domination work, like BDSM. And she was just like, I don't really understand. And I'm like, well, I call it work. I think some people actually call it play. Um, but I recognize that when, um, <laughs> when somebody is dominating, um, in my experience, they are doing work. It is not just a, I'm a dominant person and I like to be in control all the time. It is definitely a, I'm open. I'm paying attention. I'm careful. I am looking for signals. I am making sure that you're protected and safe. I am heightening pleasure. I am paying attention to what you like. And I am controlling the situation so you don't have to. Um, it takes a lot of skill. It takes practice. And it is work. Um, and definitely, it is not the same thing of what I thought about with sex. Because it doesn't have to include intercourse or outer course, which was also a new word that I learned this year, um, outer course referring to, um, oral sex or anything outside of the vagina. So it could be, um, playing with the clit, um, or labia with hands or with toys, but on the outside where intercourse of course is going to be on the inside. Um, Oh, what else? I mean, even the conversation I was having with the therapist about dude, like having these conversations with dude about what sex is for him and how he thinks about it and feels about it was so telling in this last while because it showed me how sex could be a weapon, how sex can be used to hurt people, how it can make both sexes afraid. Um, I think Sometimes we think about men having power, but women have a lot of power when it comes to sex and the way that we use it or abuse it um, is as destructive as when men do it. Um, it just reminds me of this quote from Oscar Wilde. Everything in the world is about sex, except sex. Sex is about power. And I think when we are... <laughs> like just the double entendres or the innuendos or like all the ways that I talk about sex without talking about sex is hilarious and I love it and I love flirting and I love, you know, all the ways that I get to do that. But, but sex is about power. It's about exchange. It's about 
either kind of coming together and sharing that power or one person having it over another or feeling powerless. I mean, that is definitely part of my experience, part of why I experience shame um, and guilt, um, part of why um, sex can be painful for me or traumatizing for me um, is because it has been about power in so many ways. But... It doesn't always have to feel like you're losing. And I think in this last year, probably last six months, I think that's what I've learned the most of is it can be sharing in power and kind of channeling power and experiencing it. Um, Just the power of intimacy, the power of connection, of vulnerability, um, just being present. And it's been phenomenal to just have those spaces where I don't feel like I'm losing anything, but I feel like I'm gaining so much. And the other person feels like they're gaining so much and having trust there and having confidence and having unspoken like connection where you just look at a person and they look at you and like you can say what but you know what their answer is going to be because you both feel it like that has been absolutely incredible um and there's been so many things that have I say so many but probably not that many but there have definitely been some important steps that have contributed to me experiencing what I would definitely called the best sex um one if you're listening if you've listened to what is sex those episodes is recognizing that sex is about pleasure it's not always about orgasm it's not always about another person at all it's definitely about yourself and knowing yourself and experiencing yourself and starting off with this very important base of knowing what you like and knowing what makes you feel comfortable and good and pleasured um I think another thing would be to deal with the trauma that comes up around sex um in a very very safe space I realized that sometimes what happens when we've experienced trauma is re-traumatizing ourselves in situations that are similar, situations that trigger us, situations that feel or look the same in some kind of way that put us back into the experience that we had where we experienced trauma. Um, I'm going to define trauma, actually. Um, I've, I've actually been looking at this a little bit more closely for my regular coaching and just working with clients, but um, trauma is actually the word that is short for PTSD, which PTSD is um, post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, When we talk about trauma, especially the way that the book Come As You Are defines it is when you experience freeze um, as a stress response. So there, most people know um, fight, 
freeze flight. <laughs> I was like, I'm missing one. Um, there's an additional one fawn that I learned this summer, um, which is to act pleasingly in a way to protect yourself. Um, and a last one that I'm teaching my clients, um, as a reaction to stress that I'm working on myself, but these, these other responses to stress, I'm going to call negative responses to stress, um, fight, flight, freeze, and fawn, um, even though they are basic, instinctual, preservation things. Um, I'm not saying that they're negative in the way that you shouldn't be doing them. I'm saying they are what our body does to protect itself. Um, especially when it comes to fawn, and I've been um, definitely seen that happen and had some experience with it where you say things or you do things to make the other person feel comfortable in a way to protect themselves. I recognize that as a teenager, flirting was my way of fawning to have control over the situation, giving just enough to make the other person, usually a man who's giving me unsolicited attention, kind of feel like he's getting his way so I could like escape the situation and not have to be there. But because the person was bigger than me or stronger than me, or I was worried about if I was going to be able to defend myself, um, kind of acting like I was interested or giving a fake number or telling them I had a boyfriend was my way of um, nicely <laughs> letting them down so that I would be able to protect myself. And I learned that mechanism from being in situations where I didn't feel that I could fight or flee and I froze. Um, so in the book, come as you are, it talks about trauma being the expression or the result of freezing in a traumatic event, um, in a stressful event. Let me say that again, that trauma <laughs> is the result of freezing in a stressful event. So, um, when we freeze, it's akin to our body saying, I'd rather die right now then um, be dealing with this. And so, you know, in the animal kingdom, animals, when they freeze, they kind of fall over and pretend they're dead um, to protect themselves um, against predators. And so it's the same thing for us. Um, however, it's, it's a way of us protecting our minds very often um, from the events that are happening that we don't feel like we can stop. And because we're experiencing this and it because it is this that we're experiencing, we end up having flashbacks, we end up having overthinking, we end up having um, experiences where we get lost in flashbacks or um, so many things. I mean, I think Selective Mutism was a poem that I wrote about not being able to speak sometimes. Um, where when you Google selective mutism, you see it more happening with children. And I'm obviously an adult, but I would have times where um, during sex or after sex, I wouldn't be able to speak. And uh, my partner would ask me if I was okay. And I didn't know how to answer them. Um, I would just sit and kind of just stare off into space. Um, that is 
not the best response to sexual encounters. And I recognize that this wasn't a great thing. And it was definitely was um, kind of disturbing for my partner. Um, but what I did realize is it was a safe space. And that's part of the reason that I was reacting that way is because I chose to put myself in a situation that made me uncomfortable and that triggered me so that I would be able to deal with and heal from those triggers. Um, and because it was such a safe space, um, my partner was able to very much deal with it in a very just amazing, just phenomenal way um, by just holding me and telling me that I was okay, telling me that they were there with me, being present with me, um, just comforting me while I was going through the flashback, while I was experiencing what I was experiencing so that they would be able to um, just be there for me. Whew, that was a lie. This is part of the reason why I think when I talk, when I was quoting Oscar Wilde, it's like sex is about power. Um, having times where I felt so powerless and getting unwanted attention in sexual assault or molestation or just being in situations where I felt like I lost control or being under the influence of a drug and things going too far, like anything that happened where I didn't feel like I was 100% in power the follow-up for that for that is not to put myself in situations where I get to have all the power and control over another person, right? That's not equivalent. Um, and I remember being younger and being worried that I might become a predator. Like, how did that happen? How do people end up like this? You know, and, and kind of reading the research about um, the fact that a lot of people who are abused, a lot of people who are predators were abused at some point and just being like, I don't want to be this person and recognizing that, no, it's not so simple. Part of it is just you choose to not be powerless anymore. But the healthy way, the healthy opposite of that coin is having power over yourself, having the ability to make decisions on how you're going to react. Um, being able to change the way you respond, being able to respond instead of reacting, um, being able to be in a situation and be safe, feel safe, take yourselves out of situations that don't feel safe. Um, this year I was practicing hearing my intuition and being able to follow it instead of doubting my intuition and um, kind of just doing the opposite. <sighs> wow, that was a lot. Um, but it's been amazing because especially when I was doing the sex fast, which I feel like I need to have a whole session next um, <laughs> next season on sex fasting because it was great, but especially on doing the sex fast and bringing up the ideas I had about my body, about sex, about shame, how I felt about sex was super important 
just dealing with those things, getting to the other side, processing what your brain thinks about sex uh, is definitely a step that has changed the way I experience it with myself, with other people, even how comfortable I am talking about it um, has been like completely turned around because I've been able to face on, look at what do I think about it? What do I think about myself? What do I think about what's happening? To the point that I actually had a conversation today uh, with a friend of mine about sex workers and him going to see a sex worker and um, what that was experience was like. I think my biggest question is how do you feel about her? Because I think for myself, that is like, the most important thing I think often like when I'm doing this or I'm involved with this or I talk about this how do you see me because the messages I've been getting all my life is that um if you're a woman who's interested in sex or comfortable with sex then you're a freak and um or a slut or whore or you know one of the other derogatory terms And for me, really wanting to change that to you're a healthy human being and sexuality is a part of life. Um, So even in that, even in having this conversation with him and talking about being interested in what was it like to be the sex worker? um, What was the experience like with them? How was it? Did you enjoy it? Did you like them? Were you safe? What does safe look like? Like all of these questions, right? Um, is so different than how I would have thought before. Um, and it came from really unpacking my ideas around sex and checking if they were accurate or not. And the truth is that a lot of them were taught, I recognize, literally taught by our idea of misogyny or patriarchy or... <sighs> hypersexualization of our media or um, a deterioration of just human decency and um, taboo around human touch and how often we don't get to just touch our children or touch our family members because like it's touch is all bad now and how that creates a bigger problem when it comes to Um, sexual touch, uh, especially this year with people who have been in lockdown or quarantine, like recognizing how important touch is, um, whether or not it leads to sex or like is not even the point, but because we've made it such a taboo and it's something that we don't do often, we don't seem to value or talk about or engage in um i truly started to recognize that a lot of especially men the only times that they were experiencing touch or were in sexual context and they weren't having touch with a woman that was non-sexual um and even those times and moments um with partners have been incredibly important and healing and just helping me to open and to be connected and present just to be held (laughs) you know just just to be held um or hugged um just to be held 
it has been an incredible year, quarter, <laughs> um, for season one. And I have been, I guess, just getting more comfortable with this space and this conversation. Um, and definitely I had some spots where I was angry, <laughs> um, especially of just recognizing how we treat each other, how we treat ourselves around this topic. Um, if you haven't been to our Instagram page, there is a video from this TED talk about virginity. Like that was angering. Um, <laughs> the way we um, use sex to hurt other people, um, a recognition of just how cavalier we can be with it when it is such a magical and amazing space. And um, I just, I'm just so happy that you've been able to join me. And um, I definitely appreciate the space and the feedback that has been so positive. Um, it's been a terrifying ride. I don't know if you can tell by my voice or not, but um, definitely a terrifying ride in speaking about it and talking about my experiences and talking about my thoughts, my beliefs around it. But um, I have yet to like even really give you the tip of the iceberg on the experiences that I've had this year and just everything that I've learned. So. So in season two, <laughs> we are going to talk about safety. We are going to talk about multiple partners. We are going to talk about Tantra. We are going to talk about definitely more about orgasms. I, like people, hey, wow. <laughs> we are going to talk about um, pleasure and how to experience it. Um, we're definitely going to talk more about the sex fast because it was definitely life-changing. Um, and I am thinking about doing it again. It was that, it was that great. Um, we are going to talk about, maybe we'll talk more of my experiences. I mean, the funny thing is, is like sex feels so weird to me now. And I think part of that is just, like I said, like burning my freak flag and, and really getting to the space where I'm like, this is not allowed. If I'm going to be a good Christian wife, like none of this is allowed. But when I was younger, it was definitely something I was a little bit more, um, exploratory in. Um, I was a sexual education and peer counselor at my university. And I also worked a little stint in an adult store. And so I do have some um, actual experience talking to people about sex. However, I have a lot of <laughs> terror as well on how people will view me. So I appreciate this opportunity and your questions. And I definitely ask that you would DM me more questions. Let me know what it is that you want to know more about what you're thinking about, what is not working for you, what you would like to work better. 
And if I don't have the answer, I will find somebody who does and I will have them on and we will interview them and ask them their questions and get some real answers because I truly, truly do believe that sex, sexuality is a gift from God and it is something that we are supposed to be experiencing. It helps us grow and it helps us enjoy life. And when we get the opportunity to explore it in safe and healthy ways, um, it definitely adds a layer to our experience that makes life worth living. And so the more people that I can help get to the space of feeling comfortable and happy and pleasured and just, just, just having a great experience with sex, the better. Um, and so I just want to say thank you for joining me for season one. Look forward to season two, um, in the new year and, um, have a fantastic day. If you haven't yet, definitely go to our Instagram page. It is still private. And that is to protect the highly sensitive content, <laughs> um, that is on there. Um, cause I like naked pictures now. Um, maybe I always have, but, um, you know, to not scare the children, um, but also not to get banned. Um, Instagram is very set on having, um, their platform be a very safe space for the people on it. And so I did make the page private. You do have to request to be able to get in there so that it protects the highly sensitive content and from people reporting it. I don't want to get reported, um, but definitely go on there, play our game. Um, every fourth post, there's a little game there, um, for you to play. Never have I ever. And, um, share, 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 share. Um, also if you were listening on the anchor app, Hey, thank you. Um, you can send a message, <laughs> um, and you can definitely interact with me there on anchor as well. Thank you so much. And like I said, send your questions, send your feedback. I'd love to get it.